You're listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show, <laughs> episode number 58. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Tonight I'm joined by Chris, Ray, and Sean. How are y'all doing? Peachy. All right. Uh, just a quick programming note, because uh, I have a feeling people who probably listen to this ep- this show might also listen to the Creatively Geeky Show. We recorded an episode, um, at least we thought we did, and uh, for whatever reason, the recording didn't take. So um, when we record uh, next month's episode, it may it may be uh, jam packed if we can remember all the stuff that happened. So. <laughs> Be like, remember what you did in January? Me. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so we probably. we shall see. Um, tonight we are discussing quarter share. Uh, now let me get let me get this straight. It's called quarter share. Tra- <laughs> Traders tales from the golden age of the solar clipper. That's like the entire name of this thing. Uh, by Nathan Lowell. We've already covered one of uh Mr. Lowell's books. We were uh, uh just a few months ago we recorded. Um, the Wizard's Butler, and um, that we that was actually a a I guess it's going to become a series. Uh, that's actually the second series we got started on. This first series is is one that uh, we all started listening to and then got hooked on, uh, not giving anything away, and then was immediately like, oh, he has more. Okay, cool. Let me let me let me hire you know <laughs> uh, hook that one up because I'm definitely listening to that one. So, um. If I remember correctly, Sean, you're the one that turned us on to this series. I did. Yes. Sure. Um, <laughs> so how did you get started on this? So I actually got started on this as a patio book. Um, way back in 2007 when he was releasing these, he was putting these patio books out. Like he produced them himself. So and it's Dr. Nathan Lowell. Oh, he, okay. He wrote them and then put them out in patio because he couldn't get anything published. And I remember having to wait week per week for the episodes. Now, the original episodes, um, he, uh, Dr. Lowell also narrated them. Okay. So they're different from what we listen to in Audible. I think mm-hmm. Audible is Jeffrey Kafer. Or something who he he does a great job um but the original few times i listened to them it was quite different by having nathan lowell read them his voice is the cadence of his voice is a lot calmer um, mm-hmm. so yeah i and i actually found these uh when i was getting stuck in the basement to sleep when my in-laws came over kind uh-huh. of thing so i like Ended up going in the basement, sleeping and flicking through, looking for audiobooks to listen to, and I found this one. So I absolutely loved it. Um, now, just a little history on Nathan Lowell. So, as I said, he has a doctorate in uh, education technology, and he'd always wanted to be a writer, but just couldn't make a career out of it. Mm-hmm. And then he. Uh, what was it now? He he stumbled into podcasting around 2006. He was actually, uh, he was working, what was it now? National Center of Severe and Sensory Disabilities. 
something along those lines. And he was looking for a way of uh, giving like high bandwidth quality um, education to people with low bandwidth for the visually impaired and that kind of thing. So -hmm. when he was researching podcasts, he stumbled across audio books. So he was like, well, well, I learned this. Well, let's let's see if I can figure out how to do this. So he decided he wrote a book and then he narrated it and then he tried releasing it in audio form. Mm-hmm. And that was his first book. And then all of a sudden, as we'll discuss, the ending of this particular book was people really enjoyed it. And it was like, yeah, you have to write more now. <laughs> so he continued doing that and that's how he learned like podcasting and stuff like that through doing the audio book and uh yeah two, that was 2007 around there in 2012 he became a full-time writer he quit everything and living the dream now that's but awesome. he he grew up in around maine mm-hmm. so like that for the first audiobook that we were listening to it because it's a lot of nautical themes in it mm-hmm. well it comes by naturally like he's writing what he knows so just put it in space. But yeah, if you ever watch any like videos of him, like he's a really calm guy. He actually apparently he was doing like podcasts daily. Like he would as he was going for a walk or something like that. They might not be very long ones, but yeah, it'd be his thoughts and all that. Uh he's got like podcasts on like helping writers and stuff like that. So yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, very cool, actually. Um, I'll go ahead and jump in here real quick. So, yeah, uh, was looking for something to listen to and, you know, asked the group. And Sean was like, we'll give this one a shot. And uh, we will definitely talk about the quote-unquote ending for this book, <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, shortly here. But, uh, yeah, like it was immediately I just started listening to it. And I was just like, I really – I'm really enjoying this. It's not – it's not it's never energetic it's never um exciting it's it quite honestly if you were just to describe the events in this book they would be very mundane and probably considered be very boring but the way it's told and i think we'll talk about this in a moment but the fact that it's set in space definitely helps but uh no it just it's very calming and soothing and you i love the characters like i like the characters a lot in this book and so uh you like you said you know i can understand why people listen to it and we're like oh no you have to do more because i have to find out what happens to to these people so uh ray and chris thoughts initial thoughts first okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh i i well we were kind of listening. It. Did you listen to it before I did? Um, it was. It, I don't know. It's like what you said, Eugene. It doesn't. It's not. Um, it's not intense. It's not an intense book, which is kind of nice. It's one of those books where it's sort of like if you just want something, you want to read something, but you're like, you're not sure what, or you're in like a reading slump or something, and you just need something to spark that joy again of reading. This is a good one because it's it's. Oh, it's not too heavy. It's, I mean, it starts off a little heavy. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, the dog. I mean, the reason, like, how the whole story starts is it's a heavy beginning, but um, 
it's, I don't know. It's just nice. It's nice. I don't like listening to books that are going to make or read books that are going to make me sad or that are going to like torture me or anything like that. I don't like reading stuff like that. So this is, this is a nice book. It's nice. <laughs> Should put that on the review. It's nice. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> I don't think it, this one particular other things in series down the road get a little, a little dicier, but yeah, dark yeah. Parts. <laughs> yeah. But this, this particular start of this is nice. Yes, it is. Uh, Ray. Yeah, I uh, I enjoy just the day to day life that is what we follow in that, and mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, it's you know it's just an interesting take on day to day life. I think that's what I like about it. Yeah, you know, you're hearing about somebody else's daily um, just coming of age story, essentially. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's go and jump into it. So the 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 breakdown of this book is it, it focuses our main character. His name is Ishma, Ishmael Wong. Uh, he does introduce himself that way. And uh, uh, one of the things I like about the, it is set quite a quite a bit of the time in the future. Um, um, uh, space travel is very normalized at this point. Uh, but apparently people still kind of, you know, understand, quote unquote, the classics as, you know, like some pop culture from our time. So like when he says, call me Ishmael, people are like, really? Um, he's what? 19, 17, 19, I think. 18, 18. Um, his mother, unfortunately has just passed away and they were living on, she was a, um, my cat's lost his mind. Um, uh, they were living on a planet that was basically controlled by the company. And so now that she is gone, he doesn't really have much money and they don't really have a place for him to have a job or anything. Cause if you're not working for the company, you don't get to be on the planet. And so he's trying to figure out the, you know, there's a, there's like two ways he can get, he can afford to get off of the planet and it's to a join the military or B um, join a shipping company at you know the basically the the entry level and that's what it is he joins he joins this shipping company he's he gets uh he's on board of this ship and he starts making friends he starts learning this job uh he's a smart guy mm-hmm. uh, it, it it particularly helps i love the fact that it as, as he's going through you know he specifically says he kind of goes into a trance when he is taking tests and stuff and i definitely know people like that um but yeah, it um, uh, it's just his day to day life and how he's slowly but surely starting to uh, wake his way through space and kind of you know uh, make his way up the uh, up the ladder in this company and on the ship. So um, let's start with Ishmael uh, himself. So like I said, he's a very likable guy. He's he's smart, but he's definitely not like a genius by any means. Um, I find him to just be very. I'm, I'm trying to look. I'm looking for a term. I can't think of the term I'm looking for though. It's just, he's just an average guy, really. Like I said, he is smart. He's definitely not dumb, but he's not a genius. He is very likable. He does have a good sense of humor, uh, but you definitely wouldn't say he's like the life of the party by any means. Um, yeah, it's just he's just this likable dude. So. Um. Yeah, like I said, it's it's hard to describe this book. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's a character-driven book. Yes, really is. 
um, there's story to it, but it's absolutely character driven. And yeah, we follow Ishmael through the whole series. It does become a series. Um, but yeah, your Ishmael is you, you are learning the world through Ishmael's eyes. Yes. And, uh, it's, it's kind of cool that, yeah, he grew up on planet, so he didn't really know anything about this, this way of life. And so, as he's learning it, it's it's good that we kind of get to learn it too. So. Yeah, and that was an excellent way to frame it is the fact that he didn't know anything about it. So as you know, people are it's not you know he has to ask questions. Well, why is it this way? Why 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 does this work? And it's informing us, you know, the reader. But it also is done in a way that's not like, oh well, now it's time to explain why we do that. You know, what I'm saying it's it's very natural in the way that it explains things. Yeah. Yes. Lowell's very good. Like in all Lowell's books. That's how he, he does it. It's a first-person perspective, and he explains things through the character learning rather than something uh, something from the outsides coming in, like giving you more knowledge than what the character has. Yeah. And all of his writing is like that. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, going back to the Wizard's Butler, I mean, he goes into that job not knowing what mm-hmm you know, is going to be asked of him. And so he's learning that job as he's going along. So that's very much uh, the same. And it, it's also interesting in that, you know, we, we talked about it, the wizard's Butler, there's definitely a lot of fantastical stuff going on, but it's very mundane for what it is. It's like, it's never well, really super exciting, but it's so enjoyable. His first task on the, on the ship. Is making oh, coffee. Is, I love yeah. the first. Yes. And, it, and so he describes making coffee, but it's great. Uh, it's a great way to to learn about the character as well. So, um, yeah, it's well, yeah. His boss even tells him he's like, well, you fa- you passed the first test, and you know your your buddy over there didn't pass. He's like, well, what test? He's like making coffee. He's like, yeah, you, I, you know, asked you what did you think of it, and instead of just saying, well, it's fine, or yeah, I guess it could be improved, and leaving at that, you were like, no, let me, I, I can do this. I can I can make it better, and you went to it. So uh, coffee ends up playing a major role throughout this entire series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, 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 the book's never like super focused on food. It does talk about food quite a bit because he is a cook. Uh, in fact, when he does go on his first shore leave, like they're like, well, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to go eat. And they're like, that, that's it. Yeah. He's like, yes, <laughs> I don't want to eat anything that I don't, I hadn't had to make and I hadn't yeah. had to clean up. And yeah. as a parent, I'm sure we all understand that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah. my grandmother tells me every time I'm like, how is it? She goes, it's wonderful. Cause I didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so anyway, the, the, the ship that he's on, um, is, is a solar clipper. It is a trade ship and, um, it's called the Lois McKenrick. And we end up, we end up finding it definitely, it has some history, uh, along with the uh, captain. It's actually named after her grandmother, uh, who, uh, uh, stood up and fought and managed to get things changed for people so that uh, uh, the people who were on these ships could actually trade themselves. Whereas it used to be just strictly company business between, you know, company planets, company ships. Uh, and so it's opened up a bunch of different trade routes and a bunch of other uh, opportunities and, and stuff. Um, one of the first people he meets is his good buddy. He just becomes friends with him, and he's friends with him pretty much thicker thin the rest of the way through. Is Pip, aka Philip Carstellers. Um Thoughts on Pip? Huh? <laughs> he's a great sidekick. He's kick. a Pip. He is. He's a, yeah. He's, he's a, a Pip. He's Pip. Uh, great sidekick. 
uh, in a story like this where he's knowledgeable but not too knowledgeable. Like it's, which is funny because when you find out his history as well, mm-hmm. it's like, well, you should know some of this too. But because he grew up on a, uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, it comes if, if you're listening to this, you've already listened to the book, so yeah, you find out that he's he's grown up uh, on a private ship. So now you're now you're learning as Ishmael does that oh there's differences between private ships and company ships too so uh, I thought that was kind of interesting too yeah I thought oh. it was a great set like the storylines how it added so much more bringing Pip's character in and then because that taught him everything about trading for yeah. the most part like which becomes huge later on um, now keep in mind when. Nathan Lowell was writing this. I don't think he had planned on making this a huge series. <laughs> so, but he he gave himself all the the things he needed for all of Ishmael's life. Yes. In, the, in this first book, which is amazing. Yeah. And he, he really went with it. But having Pip in there offered like because yeah he's learning about the ship and he's learning about space travel and stuff like that but giving him pip as well opened up a whole other avenue of like trading and stuff like that which and it's explained really really well like them setting up the mercantile and stuff like that the like and doing it incorrectly at first and like it's not one of those things where he's getting it right right off the bat every time yeah we've got they're screwing up and learning from their mistakes which really makes the story really come alive and it's a lot more believable yes everything even though it's set in space it's like yeah i can i can relate to this the whole time and nathan lowell is a master at that um yeah i want to talk about that in just a moment when uh, the rest of our group gets back, they're (laughs) looking for something. I'm guessing it's a cat or a dog. Um, (laughs) What you said about him working in education definitely uh, fits a certain puzzle piece. Uh, So uh, in order to move up um, in in the company and and, in, in the, um, the articles, basically the, the, the rules for being a, um, on these one on, on these trading ships is um, you have to take tests. And uh, one of the things about Pip is he's tried taking the uh, this one test like two or three times and fails it every time. And he's like, you know this. I don't. Why can't you pass? He goes, I don't know. I get in there. It's like my brain just shuts off during the test. And so uh, through a, a conversation with someone else, he finds out that, well, the test, does, you know, there's multiple ways to take the test because it's not. Originally, it wasn't known, you know, these sailors, you know, for their, uh, these sailors weren't known for their educational prowess. So, uh, you know, there are more, there's more than one way to take a test. So whenever they go in to take the test, um, he basically talks to, uh, the guy who's in charge of cargo and, and, uh, or the guy who's in charge of testing, they set it up with a cargo handler. And, uh, he basically was like, well, come with me. And, you know, in just kind of asking, it was like a conversation, but he was asking him everything he needed. And then whenever he finds out the results, not only did he – what if he had passed the test he was going for, he actually passed the test above hand uh, because he knew the stuff. He Like uh, like Ray said, he, he grew up um, in a trading family, so he knew a lot of this stuff. It's just 
he's not a good test taker. And I know people like that. Uh, my wife is one of those people. I'm she, like that. <laughs> she know, like, you know, she would take a class. She knew the information and she just got in there. And like, as soon as like the test started, her brain just shut off. And, you know, it, it most of the time it went to the point where she would fail things, but it's de- she definitely would not have knocked it out of the park as, as you know, I would have expected. So, or as the, she expected. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so real quick, so we've kind of talked on this a little bit. We keep talking about how kind of mundane it is and how um, uh, it's very slice of life type of of story. Um, would you have enjoyed it as much if this had been straight set on just a straight, maybe not even historical, like modern day shipping? Like we're talking about boats on an ocean. Yeah, I was thinking that and like – it's actually kind of reminiscent of like Horatio Hornblower, mm-hmm. like coming in as like the the lowest of the low on the ship and working his way up too. So there's, and I can see a lot of nautical stories and all that. That's that's the format, and he just took that format and placed it in space. But like even like Sharp's War and stuff like that. Like I've read a few of those nautical ones. I always enjoyed it, uh, even though I'm not usually into time period pieces that go in the past. I'm more mm-hmm. of a like science fiction, fantasy. Uh, or, but I don't know, sometimes like the, the Navy and stuff like that on the old battleships, I, I get into a binge on those ones. Every now and then I'm like, oh, this was really good. Oh, this is really good. Oh, I really enjoyed this one. And it's like, holy crap. So and. So I don't I don't need like the super highs and like the 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 climaxes in my stories and all that to recognize they're good. I need the the character development and Lowell has this one in spades. It almost feels like he's I think people like it so much is because you can pluck any average person and put them into this situation and you could relate to it. So any reader could relate to it by, oh, man, what would I do in this situation? Yeah, I'd probably try doing something similar unless they're like a psychopath or something like that. (laughs) Destroy the ship or something. Yeah. Um, I I keep I keep thinking about that. I'm like, would I've enjoyed would I have enjoyed this as much if it wasn't set in space? I think the answer is yes, because like you said, it is character driven. So even if we were to drop these characters into modern day shipping or, or, and like, I'm like you, I'm, I'm not normally a historical reader. Um, but you know, even if it was set historically, I think having these characters, I would have been like, no, I think I would have enjoyed this because I still would have liked to got to know Ishmael and, and what happened and, you know, what, what he was doing and everything else. It would have definitely uh, flavored it a little different because, uh, being set in the future, it's definitely a little more, uh, civilized <laughs> than it would have been, especially if it was historical piece. Um, although, and, and we're not giving anything away here. There are books later on. We definitely run into some of those situations where the other ships that are in the, you know, out in space, there are not as civilized. Uh, in some cases it's just because, uh, the way the crew inter- interacts with each other or the rules and policies that are on the ship. Um, if when we get around to it, we'll definitely discuss that because that, that's yeah. an integral part to some of the later books. 
Um, speaking of the later books, we'll just throw this out there real quick. So the first, this actually is like what three trilogies, technically four trilogies. I think we're on the four. Okay, so the first trilogy is essentially his time until he moves on to the first ship, right, or to the next ship. Yeah, right? the first three books are the Lois McKendrick. Okay, yeah. And then like that one and with the next series begins with him leaving the uh, academy. I right. No. And then after that, it's like we skip time. Like we actually skip forward, you know, in time. This one is pretty much back to back to back. Oh, literally back to back to back, yeah. especially that between the first and the second. But oh, they all and the second and the third is the same way. Yeah. So our our first initial uh, our first initial story is just his story on on this ship. So um, if you if you read this first book and you haven't read the other two yet, like there's you do not have the story like you you even to begin to say you've started to get the story. But even then, like when you finish the first trilogy, you're just like, all right, so where's this going? Like this is off. This is not an ending. <laughs> no. So. um, All right. So let's see here. So we've talked about Pip. Um, Cookie, Cookie is just the classic to me. He's just the classic cook. He, he's you know uh, well intentioned. He wants to teach the guys who underneath him, who are underneath him, you know what's going on. Hopes to uh, you know get off their ass and get things done. Um, but they have a good, they have a great working relationship, and he even says so. He's like, you know, we're a well oiled machine. Like when one of us isn't here, the other two just get the job done. Um, I have worked on teams like that. I love working on a team like that. Um, so like my partner and I, uh, today I was talking, discussing before the show started, um, uh, his son actually just graduated and came up to help us. And we just, we were unpacking these, um, carts, these computer carts, and we just got in a system. And I mean, we, we went through them a lot faster than I thought we were going to. Like, I thought we were going to get a quarter of the way done with all the ones we have to get done by the end of today, we're over halfway done now. Uh, and it's just because we got in a system and we worked really well together. So, um, thoughts on cookie. Um, that was one of the differences between the patio book and this audible book. Um, I believe when Nathan Lowell first did it in the patio book, he gave cookie a bit of a French accent. Really? Um, just a slight, like he was probably, he wasn't, it almost sounded like he learned English from someone that first language was French mm-hmm. kind of thing. But, and it was, I had a hard time reconciling the two difference between the two audiobooks for that one. Out of all the things, it was Cookie's voice that it was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. <laughs> and, I, I, and I got used to it because I had listened to it a few more times and all that stuff. But um, Jeff Kafer did amazing. Um, but as for the character of Cookie, he I, he was almost placed in there, I think, just to when the story started chugging a little bit, mm-hmm. he could give a little bit of a prod and he could use Cookie to nudge the story in different directions. Just very few words or uh, like giving Pip something else to do or something like that. And I, and that was great. Uh, it was brilliant. 
You're muted, uh, Ray. Ray and Chris, we can't <laughs> hear you. Still can't hear you. <laughs> All right. They're while they're working on their audio. <laughs> um yeah, because it said y'all were muted for a moment there, and then y'all came back and it unmuted, but we still can't hear you. So, um, so let's see here. So we've talked about uh, Pip. We've talked about Cookie. Um, oh, right, now I think I think I'm hearing something now. Try that. There, how's that? There yep. we go. We got you now. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Cookie, okay. before we move on to before we move yeah. on, thoughts on Cookie? So I was saying that. Um, Cookie's kind of the Yoda of the story. He he's the one where he's like, you know, I'll teach you, but you're gonna learn my way. And he he teaches people in a very unique way as well. And but as as Sean was saying, he he moves the story along with very few words as well, which is kind of Yoda-ish. So <laughs> I love the fact that uh, the well we talked about this. So um, both Pip and and uh, Ishmael work. Uh, there's three people in the team. They're basically the the, the cooks, the uh, uh, food services on the ship. And um, it, it, it like I said, it's not like food is a huge part in this. Like he doesn't go into like detail after you know over and over. You know, um, but he definitely explains like, oh well, this meal we had you know soup and and sandwiches, and that was just a very easy thing. And then moves on. It's not. We don't ever get bogged down in it, I should say. Well, and it's things that make sense too, right? Like, okay, well, you know, we're doing a pullout and all this. We're going to be busy, so let's do bento boxes. Let's do things that are finger foods and easy to pass out. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I like that they were able to do. He does that with all of the things that yeah. Ishmael does. Like, it's it's part of what he's doing, but it's not everything he's yeah. doing. Which Even in the latter books, yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. Well, yeah, and somebody like me, yeah. especially when he gets into the technical stuff, like um, with the environmental stuff and yeah. even with a little bit of like astrogation, all that kind of stuff where I'm like, it's not it's not a big deal because it's just, just something he's doing for now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The next character I had written down, the next character I had written down was... Uh, Big Bad Bev. Uh, she's definitely an imposing figure. Uh, just because of her size and he, he talks about and the way she's dressed. Uh, but she's definitely not like there's definitely not a hard edge to her by any means. Um, in fact, later on, uh, while they're doing trading or whatever, there's a, a point where Ishmael and her have uh, got quite a deal on uh, belts going. And uh, um, I think it's when uh, that's right. When Pip goes to go buy some more belts, the person gives him a special belt made specifically for Ishmael because of uh, of him showing up with a Bev that says uh, boy toy. Yeah. So and he wears it proudly. So. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, the other characters in here are de- like honestly, Pip and and Cookie are probably some of the biggest ones. But I mean, Bev shows up quite a bit. So do you know? So does some of the uh, the other Bev trading Brill. Partners. Yeah, Brill shows up quite a bit. Brill's um, more in the second book, though. Yeah, she's a little bit in this one, but she's more in the second mm-hmm. one. And yeah. then um, what's the the girl? Diane. No. Diane. Diane. He helps her out a little bit too. Yeah. yeah. Diane um, Francis. Like yeah, the environmental mean, team, which will become bigger yeah. in the. The second, the second book. book. Yeah. But 
he didn't introduce too many characters and he gave them just enough airtime to make them like likable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You feel familiar with them. like it's not like introducing a character just for a certain situation. He didn't have that. He introduced all the characters and the situations all kind of mingled like life, normal Ooh. life. Um Oh, the the guy that moves like he's made of uh, knives, uh, like the Maxwell. <laughs> yes, Mr. Maxwell. <laughs> Mr. Yes. Maxwell, what a great character. <laughs> yeah, uh, everybody knows he is so well written to yes. be like such the hard ass, and if he looks at you the wrong way, you'll die, kind of thing. Yes, but it turns out he's like heart of gold. Exactly. That, that's, <laughs> a, that's a perfect way to describe it because he even talks about it. at one point he. Comes in and smiles and cookies like I've known that man for 14 years and I still get nervous when he smiles. <laughs> <laughs> something something along those lines. Yes. Um. So some of the things that happen in the book, like we said, the book is very character driven. But some of the things that happen in the book is um, Sean and I talked about it a little bit here. Um, in order to move up, you have to take tests, and so that's how you gain. Uh, 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 you, you 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 move up in the classifications, and there's four different areas. Uh, you know, to being on one of these ships, and so he helps Pip move up not once but twice uh, by having him you know take a test. You know the uh, you know the um, orally. Plus, what orally? Orally, yes, yeah. orally. Definitely yeah. not you know paper and pencil like you would normally expect, um, or in this case tablet. But um, mm-hmm. he he has decided that he's going to do he's going to take all four tests. And everyone's like all of the lower um, uh, level characters, uh, you know, are like, why would you do that? Like that doesn't that's a lot of work. Why would you do that? And he's like, well, I don't ever want to get stranded again. And if I've, you know, got certifications in all four levels, I've got a better shot of getting off of, you know, getting off of a planet or whatever. So I definitely when he described it that way, I was like, oh, no, that totally makes sense. Like, (laughs) yeah, like his reasoning behind it was so good but then it also the reaction to it by the different characters was really good especially by mr maxwell and um Bruce. captain what was her name dijon jagon yeah. whatever because yeah. you later find out that they both did the them, same thing <laughs> yes both yeah. of them are, are fully certified in all four areas and they're the only other two so it's yeah. To them, I'm sure that's a thing because they even ask, well, why are you doing this? And the answer he gives is, is smart. Um, but it's obviously like, oh, well, this guy may be someone else after our own hearts. Like, you know, we put all that this time, effort and energy into this. And this kid is apparently wanting to do the same thing. So um, I'm sure it was definitely one of those things that, you know, if you were looking to. That's one of the other things that also going back to what you said, Sean, about him previously being in education. Uh, one of the things I love about not only not, this book, but Ishmael's character going forward is uh, in all of the books. He's constantly pushing himself to better himself, but he also is pushing his fellow crewmates to better themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, much later on when he's in a position to uh, oversee this, he is – you know, pushing people and they're just like, why are you like this? Why are you doing this? He's like, cause I want to see everyone succeed. I want to see everyone grow and, and become yeah. the best person they can be. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I 
been drawn to Ishmael that way. Like I, yes. I, Cause I, I, I work and I try and mimic that all, without knowing it as well. Like it's, I see other people working. It's like, Hey, you know, have you done this yet? And kind of show them what I know because I had somebody help me out. And, and, uh, when I was first starting and his name wasn't Sean. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's an important thing, uh, in a workplace is having somebody like that to not only, um, show you the ropes, but also show you what you're capable of and, and help you find that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I've worked, I have worked at campuses where that hasn't been the mentality. It's just kind of like, oh, well, you're, here's your place. This is where you fit in. Don't really, you know, if you stay there, that's cool. Don't rock the fact. I'd almost rather you not better yourself because then you'll move on. And now I've got to find someone to replace you. And then I've worked at campuses that it's just like, you know, so, you know, you, you know, a lot of times a lot of people are, are, I don't say afraid, but they're definitely like, I don't really want to tell my boss that I applied for this other job. And I've worked for the other people, you know, those people who are both ways are just like, no, you don't really want to tell them that that person that because they're not going to, hmm. you know, they're not going to take it well. And then there are the other people that are just like, oh, my God, I hope you get that. That's great. Do you need me to write you a letter of recommendation? What 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 can I do to help you? succeed yeah. mm-hmm. so and he's definitely in that boat um so let's talk about the training um uh chris brought it up again when we were talking about it uh, uh kind of hinting about doing this book this is um uh, resource management porn <laughs> just like this may be even more so the classification of that than the Bobaverse books because the Bobaverse books are that as well. There's constantly we have to get the printers and we have to do this and we have to figure out what's the best timetable and we have to you know figure out how we move people in this and this is that maybe to the nth degree and like I said I I could see why some people this would be a huge turnoff and I just I'm eating this <laughs> up with a spoon the whole time they're like. Okay, so if we do this, we can maximize this. And one of the interesting things is, is so Pip is apparently a genius about this, um, and uh, they figure out that they can use the, the the whole thing about having shares. The reason why the name of the book is he's a he's a quarter share is he gets paid a certain amount of money, and then whenever this voyage is over, essentially his time is over, um, whatever extra money that the ship is able to make, it's you know, it's 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 broken into shares, and if you're a quarter share, then you would get a quarter share of whatever that additional profit is. And so they get to they get to looking at it, where they get to figuring it out. And he and Cookie end up figuring out that not only can they make it so that you can eat better on the ship, like the ship is known for having good food, but um, they can make it so that everyone can actually eat better. But they can also use the extra storage to do trading, which would bring additional money in. And they talk about they're like. Everyone's happy here. Everyone's eating. Everyone feels safe. And I'm making more money now than I ever have on any other shit before. Um, which, you know, it's one of those situations like, well, then why would you ever want to leave? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but along with that type of trading, uh, we also have um, personal trading that goes on. And there are certain laws and limitations as to how you can do it, when you can do it and everything. And it seems like most people are doing it a little bit here and there. Uh, but Pip is, is pretty brash about it. It was like, oh no, I've got, I've got some stuff. I'm gonna go trade it and goes, 
their first stop goes off, uh, you know, on shore leave and gets pulled back on, you know, basically beaten up, broken arm, broken, you know, mugged. Yeah. yeah he got, he gets mugged for his money and basically sets him back to zero. So him and uh, Ishmael are trying to figure out, well, is there a way that we can maybe do this and not get mugged <laughs> doing this? So, and the other thing that I liked about, because uh, you mentioned about being a quarter share. So not only is it, impact your pay but it also impacts how much you can bring on the ship yeah your mass which, allotment so oh, yeah, yes that, yeah which i really like because it does talk you know they do talk about how many kilos that they are allowed to bring on uh so if it's a certain amount of kilograms and okay we could we could buy a lot of this but it it trying it, to figure all that yeah out. so yeah. it's trying to figure out not just what's the most value but value per kilogram essentially and i liked that they were able to do that yes Having those restrictions, uh, and, and it makes sense. Like you would, you know, if you were on a vessel, I'm sure there's limitations as to what you can and cannot bring and how much of something you can bring. Uh, so having those limitations on there made sense, but also was part of the fun of it, like you said, because it's like, well, we've only got so much money, but it's not just how much money can we spend. It's like, well, yeah, we could buy this, but it weighs a ton, so we can't really do that. So, um and like I said, that's one of those things I'm sure just some people were probably just like, why are they talking about how much something weighs? <laughs> <laughs> and why is it so important? It would have been 10 kilograms. It was- <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, so they stumble upon this idea of, well, what if we rented a booth and and set it up? And what if we got some other people on the ship to maybe chip in and see if they wanted to do it as well? So they kind of form this little group and then they get pulled in by the captain. And the captain's like, so I understand y'all are, y'all are planning on doing this. And, of course, they're just like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and she's like, no, I think it's great. Here, here, take here, take this. Like, uh, she leaves a um, uh, – first, they think it's a tablecloth, but it's actually like a, a banner, a banner. that yeah. has her family's name on it and everything. Um, uh, McKinnick. McKendrick Mercantile. McKendrick, yeah, Mercantile Incorporated. And they're like, well, what the hell is that? Whatever. Uh, so they go down and they set up a a a, um, a uh, basically a little shop in the yeah, in the, the uh, yeah a little table. And they're yeah. like, well, honestly, they're like, yeah, we 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 sucked at this. Like, we wouldn't have even had a tablecloth if it, if it wasn't for this. Uh, didn't have chairs or anything. Um, I totally totally understand that. Like working in uh you know working cons like i have i have like i've definitely been you know i remember back to those starter days it's just like okay i've got a table now what (laughs) (laughs) so working i worked at a farmer's market for a summer that's what i'm picturing every time yeah well and that's what it was when i listened to that for the first time because now i've listened to it like three times now um (laughs) it reminded me of of that because it's everybody's booth based on what they sell is completely individual but there's still some things that are sort of everybody sort of has like the table you have the tent but when you do farmer's market you have yeah. to have weights to weigh down the tent uh-huh. or else the tent blows away if you've never done it before you don't have those weights so you're tying off on somebody else. else's uh <laughs> tent and and you the couple that are setting up beside Bev and uh, oh, yeah. Ishmael. Ishmael. I've seen that couple. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so have I. I've also yeah. seen the, the describe the, the people that literally have the, the, 
the hover thing that they you know move yeah, stuff around. Pop, it's literally yeah. just get the grab pop. You only just roll in, plop down. Like I'm good, I'm done. Everything's set yeah, up, ready to go. Fun. I've seen those people at cons too. Like yeah. those are the professionals that have been mm-hmm. doing this for a while. They've been oh, on yeah. the circuit. Yeah. They know what's going on. Oh yeah, there's the a there, like... there's a person that the um, that we used to go to the Port Elgin one. Uh, they'd show up with a trailer, and it used to be a horse trailer, and they converted it. And mm-hmm. it's exactly that. They just roll up, open the doors, they're ready to go. It's like, Jeez, that was at the free yeah. one. Yeah, I think it was the meat one. See, and I've like, um, so like the the, you know, it's been a while since you know with COVID and everything, it's been a while since we've done some cons. So I've done a couple of cons here and there, but I kind of have things down. This last con that I did though, uh, I was able to have my ecto there, you know, at the table essentially for the first time, and there were things that. I had never even thought about that was opened up to me. Like the yeah. fact that, um, uh, one of my members brought a, uh, uh, I think about it like when we do parades, cause we're going to be outside and we're wearing jumpsuits. So it's like, Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to bring a cooler full of water. And I was just like, I could have brought a cooler full of water and just had it in the car. Why didn't I think of that? And it's <laughs> one of those things. It's like, this is affording me so many more opportunities now. So, uh, yeah, that part by itself, like if you've ever done anything, like you said, at a farmer's market or a convention or anything like that, where you've had a booth or a table or something like that. Um, I, he has to have done something like this at some point because yeah. his, his knowledge of this is, uh, is, is too good to, to not be first, first person. Yeah. So I'll admit, um, I have been a Loki Lou before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm constantly. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, so they start doing this and things start to build up. Um and and literally like they go out for their first outing, it it worked okay. They go out for the second outing and it's already starting to build steam and then at this point like the captain calls them in and isn't talking down to them but it's just like you're not thinking this through. Like y'all need to really think about this. And of course, as she, you know, starts laying out some stuff they're like, "Holy crap, yeah, you're right." But the captain is is well actually the 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 higher ranking officers are all 110 percent behind this because they're like the crew's excited about it it's keeping them out of trouble mm-hmm. uh, it's keeping them from doing stupid things like Pip did and um, so yeah I could definitely see it. it of course then again this ship is also very positive I love the fact that the ship at least the first ship that he's on is very positive. Uh, we'll yeah. talk about that when we get to those additional books, because I'm sure we will read the rest of these books <laughs> eventually. Um, they're too good not to not to. I'm read. already on the second one. <laughs> I had to stop myself. I had to stop myself too. I couldn't. So, yeah, no, I stopped. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, just like I said, it's you know, and if you if you have not if you're listening to this and you have not read this book, you're probably going, okay, so kid. You know, 18-year-old kid, mom dies, he joins basically a, a sailing ship in space, and he lear- he learns to do some cooking and some, like, management. He takes some tests, and then he sells some stuff. That's it, right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And it's, it's wonderful. Nice. It's nice. It's wonderful. It's a great yeah. world. Yeah. I want to I see a series built on this world. Like, I, oh. I really do. I think – I think – because – not too like I picture the Orville as well a little bit where it's where you got it's a realistic Star Trek. Yes. Right? So maybe not like 
Orville-esque with the comedy, obviously. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd love to see it. I love the Burleson units that they have that they talk about with the that they bend space and mm-hmm. they create their own little um, uh, wormhole, essentially. Um, okay, so let's talk about that. We didn't. We they don't really go into that too much in this book, but they do talk about it in the other ones. And one of the things, the reason why it takes so long to get between uh, yes, system really? to system yeah, is quite. Sense. Is quite yeah. literally just they have to get far enough out. They can't go super fast because it'll cause other issues. So you literally are kind of like coasting out to the edge of this solar system where it's fine. And then literally it's like snap and you're at the next one. And now the rest of the time is just you slowing down to go back into the system. And yeah. yes, that totally makes sense. But it would also make sense as to why it takes weeks or months in some cases yeah. to get from one place to another. Well, and, and again, the you learn space about is big. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and it, it's what, they do talk about this later on in, in the other books, but uh, you learn about the fast packets and, and like the, the, the smaller ships that can't hold as much, but they're doing week long runs yeah. rather than month long or, or even longer, right? Three month runs. So, and, and then they do talk about, um, the, the whole discovery of these uh, different systems as well. And you know for a fact that a company would absolutely buy a planet and they would run it the way that they wanted to. Like, oh, yeah. You would have a Amazon oh, my planet. God, for sure. For sure. And you can't buy anything but what they sell. And it's uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that's straight out of just like history everywhere. Like, yeah. you know, the company town is a known thing, and it's still a thing depending oh, on where yeah. you live. So, yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, was there anything else that in the book that anyone wants to bring up in particular that we didn't hit on? Um, there's just lots of little. There's some little instances that I just really enjoy. Like for example, the the first the first time Pip does the you know his his calculation as to what they should you know put in this extra storage space. And then that went successfully. And the second time, like he's sitting there, he's just kind of like relaxing in, you know, in, in the cafeteria. And, uh, I can't remember if it's Ishmael or his, or cookie, but they're like, what would you say if, um, Oh, what's his name was, was standing behind you right now. What Mr. would you Maxwell. fill it with? Yeah. yeah. What would you say if Maxwell was standing right behind you? And he's like, well, I would do this and I would figure this out and I'd probably put this much in there and I think that's what we'd go with. And Maxwell, of course, is actually standing behind him. He's like, excellent. I just, you know, give me your report as soon as you can. He's just like <laughs> head down. He's just like, crap. I stuck to it. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just enjoyable. You like these characters. You like seeing what's happening to them. You want to see what happens to them. Yeah. You, you just meet, tags you along. You, you meet for show in this one as well. Who? No, you don't. No. Oh, Book yes, two. you do. Yes, you do. The the suit, the you get, the tailor. You, you get the you get the token in this one. The tailor. No, you don't. Do you? Oh. I don't remember getting no. the. That's the book two. That's the oh, is that one. the second That's one? That's the second one. Yeah. Also, the problem. Nice try. Listening to them because it's just where it ends. You're like, yes. what? Yeah. And then you have to listen to the second one because it literally picks up. Yeah. That's why get, it's the same with the Bobaverse books. They all start bleeding together, yes. so it's hard to figure out where one and the other one began. I yeah. love the fact that for the first several weeks, 
uh, Ishmael didn't know there was a gym. There was a oh, gym. Before. Oh, <laughs> was, I'm feeling claustrophobic. How do you guys put up with it? I don't know. Let's go to the gym and talk about it. Yeah, There's yeah. a gym? I need a sauna. I need a sauna. Let's go ahead. Yeah. You sauna? Yeah. Or Pip was teaching him how to put the space suit on backwards. Oh, that totally. Yeah. <laughs> you ever wear a Spearian suit there, Sean? Yeah. I've... I'll teach you. <laughs> First, no. you put it on your head. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we've mentioned this. We mentioned this at the beginning of the, uh, of the episode. We definitely can't close the episode without mentioning it. So the ending. No. <laughs> yeah. um, so they've co- they've had a couple of successful trades. Uh, under their belt they now have a their own graph palette they basically they have chairs they basically have everything they need to be successful to look like they know what they're doing Mm -hmm. and they got everyone together and they're you know literally about to walk off the ship that's it yeah that's the end of the first book and it's just like what happens like (laughs) especially if you're getting the audio book Oh my they God, include like the first 45 minutes yeah. of the second yes, of book. The second book. Yeah. So I was like kind of rushing to finish for the, cause we were going to record this last week mm-hmm. and I just, I was rushing through cause I was like, okay, where are the, where's the ending for this book? I can't quite remember. And I figure I had another hour left to listen to. And then the book on stops. This is the end of the first book. If you wish to continue it, like, I'm looking at it, it's like, there's still an hour? Oh, you sons of bitches. Yeah. I was so pissed. But, yep. and then I remember, it's like, oh, yeah, this is the spot where it ended the first time. Because I remember listening to the patio cast and not sure if he was going to do more. Mm. And I was oh, like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will say the one thing that I learned that if I'm ever on a ship of any sort and I know the captain, I have to recognize the captain whether they're naked or not. Yeah, really. Very true. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> um, oh, that was something that I was going to talk about that we didn't really we didn't bring up. Um, there is definitely some. I don't want to say innuendo, but definitely we we do talk about how um, most of the guys on the ship are probably in pretty good shape and the ladies are probably so much, you know, as well. And so, especially that first time that they're, uh, they're selling, like they put Bev and, uh, who is Diane. Yeah, Diane. Diane and they're like, yeah, most people were probably looking at Bev's butt and looking down Diane's shirt. And they're just like, yeah, that's how I sold stuff. Sue me. And I'm just like, you go girl. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, that was something I mean? else they do go on, not too much in this book, the lighter books and all that. But so humans have gone out and colonized multiple planets. Multiple planets have different gravities and all that. And they do address oh, yes. that. Like yes. Brill. Yeah. Uh, they do say how tall she is and she has to crouch down between yeah. hatchways. Mm-hmm. And they later on, I can't remember. The there's other, The heavy yeah. worlders that have like a super high metabolism. Yep. Like yeah. He There's does so kind of get into the science of that too, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, and what I was what I was going to say was that even though he does, you know, specifically point out that you know the ladies' physiques definitely help sell stuff, they, he also says, you know, at one point she's like, you could have sold, you know, you could have easily sold that for like, you know, 
10 credits more. He's like, why? Because she liked you. She thought you were cute. Like yeah. <laughs> it's it at no point do I ever feel like it's like going too much into. All right. Well, I'm really going to describe how she looks on this one. It's always. Yeah. You get the idea that, OK, she's probably pretty shapely. She's probably very athletic. He's very, you know, he's definitely stockier or he's very muscular or whatever. Like, but it's not. It's not the point. It's no, no, no it's not the point. It's to give it, you a general idea yeah. of what this person is and let you fill in the rest of the picture yourself. Mm-hmm. So, Although, it, in opinion, I didn't <laughs> think he should have been with Bev. I didn't like that. Well, you're like spoiler alert. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like three books down the road, or people's series down. away. Yeah, I'm just saying I didn't like. We'll get into that, that. afterwards because yes. I yeah we we need to talk about that. <laughs> So, um, well, if there's nothing else, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap up. Obviously, we all enjoyed the book. We all obviously would probably first book you ever. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I guess with that said, let's go ahead and move on to other things that we've been reading. Has anyone been reading anything else? Half share. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, so this is quarter share. You can imagine the next book is half share, half share. The next book after that is full share. Full share. Yeah. And then we get into more. Double share. Yeah. Double share. Captain uh, share and then owner share, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, it gets a little, little wonky, but we still, we there's still more, uh, yep. still more Wong to 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 Isn't follow. Like explore the other parts of that so, universe he's building. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Without getting to major spoilers, yes. I'm already. <laughs> so, uh, well, our I guess before we jump into our uh, other things we've been reading, real quick. Um, so uh, our next book is the last one of the series that we have all picked. Uh, this one is your pick, right, Chris? My pick. And, th- and this one is called New Spring by Robert Jordan. Yep. So if you're following along, that's our book for March. Even though this will come out in March, but whatever time is hard. Because <laughs> uh, we're recording this the last day of February. And I'm reading, reading this. So I there may be a couple of days where I'm just like, just reading. Just read. Gotcha. Just read. <laughs> um, well, uh, you started saying, uh, Ray, have you been reading anything else? Yeah. So uh, Black Fall. Okay. I, I, did, I did finish Black Fall. Okay. So <laughs> apparently you didn't care for it. Uh, no, I. We'll talk. We'll talk. Okay, we'll talk. We'll chat. We'll chat. Okay. Uh, what else? Uh, did we, did we mention off the record? Yeah, I think that yes, was the last, yeah. last time. Yeah. Um, so that was good. Uh, Peter Mansbridge, by the way, Sean, if you haven't read that one, it's a good book. Off the Record by Peter Mansbridge is a must-read. If you're yeah, kidding. I remember you talking about that one last time. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, uh, the Who Fighter or uh, Dave Grohl um, put out a book uh, that Chris got me for Christmas that is sitting on my bedside table that Come I on. keep. A few other books. A I few got. other books that I got, and, and it, it keeps teasing me. I'm like, I, I need to dig into that book. <laughs> um, other than that, it's going to be a lot of IKEA manuals. <laughs> Light reading, heavy understanding, though. <laughs> uh, 
nothing worse than getting it put like three quarters of the way together and realize, oh, look, I put this board on upside down. Yes. <laughs> Thankfully, this is not the first Ikea kitchen I've put together. No. Well, good deal. Go. Uh, Chris, are you reading anything else? Yeah, um, I finished uh, Prince Caspian from the Narnia series. Uh, okay. I, I'm liking it. I really like it. It's so quick. It's just really, really fast paced, and I like it. Um, and then I finished a book in a day. It's called It's Cool to Be Quiet. It's about um, being an introvert, which I really enjoyed. It's just a cute little quick book to read. And then now I'm reading uh, something called The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. And I'm listening to it, which is weird because it's narrated by Jim Dale. <laughs> and he narrates the Harry Potter series. And so it's very odd because I'm hearing the <laughs> same characters like there's a lot of there's there's Dumbledores and it's very weird to hear <laughs> not Dumbledore but it is um but I'm about halfway through that one and it's interesting it t- it's about a magical circus during the late Victorian period in England kind of all over the world um and a competition a magical competition between these two people um and that's sort of where I gotten to they just found out they were each other's competition um but it's interesting but it is throwing me that it's narrated by jim dale (laughs) yeah it whenever you hear you know a reader and you assign them to a certain series and certain voices to certain characters when you hear them read another series and it pops up and it's it may not be the exact voice but it's close enough. It's you're just like, really that's definitely what's his name. Well, Jim Dale <laughs> said fuck, and I'm like, no, you <laughs> can't swear. He is the voice of Harry Potter. You can't do that. So, and apparently there's some spicy parts later, a little bit earlier, later on in this book that I don't know how I'm gonna get through. Jim Dale reading the spicy parts in this book. That's that'd be, <laughs> oh, <interesting>. that'd be fun. <laughs> getting grossed out <laughs> uh sean uh you been reading anything else so i've started listening to the new spring now i've read it before because i read the entire series but i thought oh, maybe i should brush up on it because it's been a long time so i'm just listening to it uh-huh. and it, it's good like i I remember finishing the series quite a while ago. So like going and then watching Wheel of Time on uh, Amazon. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, this book is the prequel. So it's like, holy crap, the characters are so different here and that kind of thing. Mm. So, but it's good. Um, I've listened to those, the Wheel of Time series as well as reading them. So, and it's by the same reader. So that's all right. Okay. And I'm trying to finish Star Trek, the dark veil. I, I think I was reading it last time. It's a Picard novel from uh-huh. like the Picard series. Um, this one is focused on uh, Riker and uh, Troy. And you, it gives you more, history of what happened um like in the picard series if you actually watched it and picard visits Riker and troy and their daughter but you find out they also had a son thad and this gives you the history of kind of what happened to him kind of thing so uh, it's sad i've been like (laughs) i've been reading it just over the last few days i'm like i am going to finish this book and like when i pick it up i have a hard time putting it down but it's sad 
<laughs> so anyway, but no, it, especially with season two of Picard coming out this week, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I want to get some more of what actually happened beforehand for all this other stuff. So, so it's yeah. in canon with the, the TV series. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you a lot more information on like with that, but also a lot of stuff with the Romulans and like, the, with the synthetics, the synthetic life that they're so worried about and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, it's it's really good. Okay. Um, I don't know how I got started on this. It was just, an, I think Audible just kept recommending it to me, and I finally jumped into it. Um, I cannot remember what the name of the series is. Uh, I, it's either, I think it's the Calamity series, but it's a, oh. a series of books, uh, Steelheart, Firefight, and yeah. Calamity. You've read those? those? Yeah. It is interesting. I like the world that it's in. I like the characters that are in it. Um, I think I only got about three books. Yeah, and, there's and only three books. Would, there's some smaller spinoffs books, or? Well, that take place in between and all that. Okay. But I um, think I'm done where I uh, what I left off. If there's more of the books come out, I'm like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting. Like this would have been an extremely novel idea uh, years ago if it had come out then. I'm not sure when these books came out. Uh, in this series, basically, uh, something happens called calamity. Um, it, it, they think it's a comet or something. It's basically just kind of like orbiting Earth, and it's given certain individual superpowers. And all of these people who have superpowers are all evil. And the first book is literally uh, there's a superhero, uh, superhero, super villain named Steelheart, and um, he's basically indestructible. Uh, you can't shoot him, you can't destroy him, or whatever. He's taken over the he's taken over um, New Cago, and he turned pretty much the entire city to uh, steel. Steel. And uh, and and it, this kid, he's lived there. You know, he grew up there. His dad was was killed by Stillheart and he's trying he wants to he wants vengeance and he finds the reckoners which is a group of normal people who are standing up and trying to fight against supers uh or as they call them epics and it, it's an interesting story it's definitely got its own take it's got its own it's got some own, its own rules and stuff as to how things happen and everything uh how the science and everything else works out um but um it's 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 a novel idea of how things are going, but it's definitely not it's, it's also not groundbreaking. Young adult, I think. So I could see that. Um, it's it's just very. Um, it's it's and also ran. It's not like in the age where we have things like The Boys and um um uh, uh is Invincible, yeah. Uh, these anti, you know, supers are, are evil. Like, you know, people had superpowers, they would be horrible people. Um, you know, we've kind of beaten that idea almost not even into the ground, like to the point, it's just like, yeah, okay. That's, that's its own sub genre now. Uh, so it doesn't really stand out in any particular way, but it's, it's been an interesting read. So, uh, I'm, I think I'm halfway done with the third book in the series so once i finish it i'll be like all right cool i I definitely have enjoyed it it's not been yeah a bad read but it's not something that i'm gonna be rushing to to reread by any means not like not like the uh 
the Bobaverse, uh, yeah, the Bobaverse, <laughs> or the um, Magic 2.0, or honestly, um, the uh, Trader's Tales. Like yeah. all of those are just like put them on in the background and and do stuff, and you dip in occasionally and have fun, and then you dip out and keep doing whatever it is you're doing. So we actually yeah. started listening to the Wiz- Wizards Butler again mm-hmm. as oh, well. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some some books are just comfort. Like it's it's yeah. essentially comfort food for your soul or your brain. It's yeah. just it you just enjoy it. So and Trader Tales is that. Yes, that it that it is <laughs> that it is. Um, well, that is our show for the month, ladies and gentlemen. If you would please give us a five star rating on iTunes, Google Stitcher, wherever it is you listen to the show. Uh, you can also find us at Epically Geeky, where you can find all the rest of our shows to include uh, Creatively Geeky, Sustainably Geeky, and uh, the Epically Geeky Show. Uh, Sustainably Geeky just had an episode that came out about um, environmental ar- architecture, I think is what the term. It the, What it describes is, and the guy who talks about it says it actually should be called something a little different. And after listening to it, I, I agreed. Um, but yeah, so definitely check out some of the different shows. Like I said, you know, at the at the top of this episode, we will have another episode of Creatively Geeky. We just uh, <laughs> we had technical issues, so uh, next episode may be a little on the long side. We'll see. Um, as always, you can also find us on all the social media at Epically Geeky to include Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Where can we find you online, Ray? Reluctant Yeti on Instagram. Chris at Victorian Botanical on Instagram. I. So not deleted, I deactivated my rose and hummingbird one until I figure this whole stuff out. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Sean? Screwing with Wikipedia <laughs> and your favorite broken toy on Instagram. And as always, you can find my individual wacky adventure online at Optimus Gene on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network.